0: So much to do, so much to see So what's wrong with it In the back streets, You'll never know if you don't go whoa, 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 whoa. shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star Get your game on oh, well, oh, A Hey now, you're a rock star Get the show on, get paid oh, shooting oh, oh, stars break the Ah! This is Off the Dome with Matt G. Ah, it's good to be back, good to be back doing the, one of these podcasts. I was in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, got some nice weather, some good tan, and it was, uh, it was a nice vacation, a nice break. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Off the Dome podcast. This episode is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. So let's get right to it. So last night was the all star game. Team LeBron versus Team Durant. Team Kate, now obviously Kevin Durant couldn't play, but then last night, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were out last night because they were close contacts. So Team LeBron won 170 to 150. The MVP was Giannis Antetokounmpo with 35 points on a perfect 16 for 16 from the field. Steph Curry and Dame Lillard went off. Steph had 28 and Dame Lillard had 32 in a 170-150 route. So before I get to my takeaway on the event itself, uh, I just want to say on record, I've said this on my Twitter and I've agreed with and a lot of people can agree with me on this. Um, I, I was not all for the all-star game this year. I, I just thought it was a really bad idea bringing these players into a state that's been open since last April, uh, in Georgia. And the fact is that there's going to be some fans there and there was too big of a risk. And LeBron even said that, said that he would physically be there. To show up and be a good soldier, but mentally he wouldn't be there. But as far as the offense itself turned out, I thought last night was a lot of fun. And I really like what the NBA did before of donating to HBCUs, and I really liked how Chris Paul was a big initiative of it. Now he didn't go to an HBCU type of school himself, he went to Wake Forest. But still, the fact that he initiated this, it was great. And it was a great tribute before the game to HBCU. And it was it was very well done what the NBA did. And the fact that LeBron and Kevin Durant Durant's teams were able to raise money. For LeBron had the third good Marshall. And Kevin Durant, I forgot which his was. But still, it was a truly great thing what the NBA did in that regards. Kudos to Adam Silver in that. Now, as far as the event goes, I mean... Look, I mean, Team LeBron's team, I said this before on Twitter, he drafted a great team. Now, obviously, mentally, he wasn't in the game. He he played only 13 minutes and shot seven times, made a few nice dunks. He did miss some laps he normally would make, but that's probably because he didn't want to go all out to save himself for the second half of the regular season. But last night was probably my biggest takeaway in all this. It was probably the best shooting display that I've ever seen, not just in an all-star game but in general. Like Steph Curry and Dame Lillard, how they shot the ball. Like they shot from nearly nearly full court. I mean, it it was incredible. Like I was just thinking this, like the NBA should maybe establish a four-point line in the future because now what Steph and Dame have opened up Steph in particular I mean obviously I'm going to get more into Steph later he revolutionized the game but they've re- but they have initiated to take deep big deep shots and that normally other players would take and the degree of difficulty and high volume people say well Steph Curry is 40th in three point percentage and Dame Lillard's 82nd but that's because the players ahead of him that rank higher in three-point percentage take less volume of threes. Steph and Dame, the amount of threes they take and and they have huge courage to shoot that far and to shoot and have a green light consistently. It was incredible. Steph Curry before before the game, the three-point contest, how he was able to come back and beat Mike Conley was incredible. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter ever. There's obviously no debating that. He's revolutionized the game. Before it was like a big man's league. You need a big man to win a championship. Now with Steph, he revolutionized the game. He pulled up from 3 in transition. He 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 could hit threes beyond half court. He is capable of doing that. And him and Dame I mean, Paul George even said this about Dame Lord. He finally came to assist consensus. And one of the few things I agree with Paul George when he said, I guess that wasn't a bad shot Dame hit. Dame was phenomenal. And he, 32 points, he had eight threes. I mean, and that shot he hit to end the game to, to reach 170. And notice a subtle thing during it when Steph waved before Dame even shot it. They, they have unlimited range. It was incredible to watch. It was the best shooting display I have ever seen. And Team LeBron, say what you want. Oh, well, Matty G, it's an all-star game. It's an all-star game. No one takes this seriously until the 4th. Okay, well, you still have to draft the teams before. And give credit to GM Braun, old GM Braun. And people wanted to say, well, KD's team has better shooters. Okay, well, LeBron has had the greatest shooter ever on his team and steph last night. And, and um, Paul George, I give him credit. He, he played well. That comes, comes a lot saying it from a Laker fan, but Paul George played well last night. I, I'll call him this. He did. He hit 5 of 7 of 3. Jalen Brown hit 5 of 7 of 3. He played well. Paul George was all-star p all-star game p i'm gonna call him all-star game p because that's the only game where i think he'd show up and play well so kudos to paul george for that and Jalen brown was a great pickup i mean they're all they all were great shooters last night it was it was great to watch and the and that was the advantage that lebron's team had and shaq said it best shaq's uh, liked the fact that lebron's team had shooters and on KD's side, obviously being out, Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant himself, we all knew he wasn't going to play with a hamstring injury. But and Zion, I, I obviously had to guard Giannis and, and Jokic. That's not an easy task at all. James, Hard- as far as shooters goes, James Harden and Bradley Beal carried them from three-point range. Harden made 7 of 13 from three. That'll work. And Bradley Beal hit 6 of 12 from three. But then after that, you look at down the list. The thing that separated the game, uh, Kawhi shot 2 of 7 from 3. Jason Tatum shot 3 of 9 from 3. Kyrie, he got it going early, but then was 2 of 6 from 3. Vooch was 1 of 5. Levine was 2 of 6. Donovan Mitchell was 3 of 9. And Mike Conley, after being unbelievable in the three-point contest, he was worn out from 3. He was worn out um, to start the game. I mean, it looked from the shots... He was shooting at during the game. It looked like he was going in, but then it obviously faded, and that was understandable because of the three-point contest. Now, as far as the MVP goes, last night, of my uh, my takeaway from this was, I I here, if, if as far as tone setting, throwing stats out the door. As far as just. Tone setting, as far as degree of difficulty, as far as uh, as the shots these guys have made, as far as, what, like I said, the greatest shooting display I've ever seen, not just in an All-Star game, but in general last night. I would have picken, taken um, Steph and Dame, A- as far as non-stats-wise, as far as just that, what they were able to do last night. It was great. Steph and Dame should have been co-MVPs. They were great. Dame was phenomenal. I mean, he's Dame time. I, you can't see me doing this, but I'm tapping my wrist with my finger. It's Dame time. And he was incredible last night. And Steph, we're going to talk a little bit more particular about him in a little, but Steph was amazing. And the greatest shooting display ever. He, You know the corner three he hit? And I, I saw this like earlier this year where Steph hit 105 threes from the corner. I know it was practice, but still. That was amazing. 105 threes. Wow. And that corner shot is a layup for him. It's a layup. And and those two, if you're basing it off of that, maybe they should have been MVP. But the actual MVP last night, and people roasted me for saying this last night, and I called this. But I and people want to say talk about Steph and Dame, but the MVP was well deserved. It was Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, look, I know, I know. Most of those shots he made, of that perfect percentage he had, were mostly dunks and layups. I get it. I mean, I, okay, I can't. That that most of them were, but still, he he the bank was open on on Sundays, and he made both threes. One of them. I, I, you can make an argument. I don't know if they both, if he both called it, but still, I mean, to shoot sixteen of sixteen from the field is in any game is really hard to do, and the thirty five points, and I think that is what I maybe want to vote for Giannis on Twitter because I think when you you can't ignore the sixteen of sixteen from the field and three of three from the three point line. I mean, you can't ignore that. And he had a block. He had a steal. He had some seven rebounds. He he was amazing, and and it was great that I and I and people thought it was a safe pick originally. How LeBron took Giannis uh, as his number one pick, but that was the right pick. I mean, Giannis is an incredible talent. He's the back-to-back uh, league MVP for a reason. And and I was and for a Kobe standpoint. um, you know how much everyone knows I love Kobe Bryant, made me fall in love with him and the Lakers, but him and Giannis, people forget this, had a very good thing relationship before Kobe's eventual death. Kobe challenged Giannis to be MVP, and he they, and Kobe shouted Giannis out on Twitter. Kobe worked out with Giannis, and Giannis looked up to Kobe heavily. And if there was one other guy that deserved to win the All-Star Game MVP for Team LeBron— it would have been Giannis. I mean, he he was incredible, and he's even a great guy. From when the media, he seems like a really awesome guy. And I know someone um, who's fra- who's a Bucks fan who's met him says he's 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 advertised just like how he is in the media. Total class. And Giannis Antetokounmpo had a great night. He's well deserved. I mean, congrats, Giannis. You're you're well deserved. You're well deserved, my guy. And I was very happy he was able to win it. Now, okay, I'm going to talk about Steph Curry in particular. So this year in particular, it was, it was a lot of skeptics, a lot of saying that, well, Steph Curry couldn't Steph Curry couldn't do can't do, carry um, a weak team to the playoffs. That's what people said. People are saying, "Well, uh, Steph Curry can't can't is is not what can't do this without KD. He can't do this without Clay." Well, here's my takeaway on this for those haters out there: Steph Curry still is averaging nearly thirty a game. Steph Curry is still the best three point shooter in the world. And to be honest with you, the people that say saying that. That that this was a big year for Steph in general, and that they we're gonna that it might question his legacy. I mean that's that's idiotic. I mean, as words of Bill Simmons quote, "You're an idiot if you made that point." I mean, before KD got there, say what you want. Steph was hundred forty and twenty four before KD got there, and I know it was because of Clay, but Steph had. I, I, Steph was the unanimous MVP, the only unanimous MVP for a reason. He can hit threes from anywhere. The high volume of threes, it's all Steph. And there, and I know that, and obviously the Golden State Warriors are they gonna be? A, are they a champion? Is he gonna lead this team to the championship? No. But what Steph has done this year with this roster and the fact that the Golden State Warriors are like. Nearly floating above water right now, and are still with his with no with Draymond missing games and Clay being out for the season. I'm not to wood for his recovery, and yet they're still only a half game back of the Mavericks for the eighth seed in the West. I mean, that goes to show you how great Steph is. He's the best shooter alive, and we and this All Star game didn't like enhan didn't like put the doubters to rest there shouldn't have been doubters anyways he already was the best three-point shooter out there and people want to say like well he's 40th in three-point attempts he's taking the high volume of threes look what he's done look what he did in the all-star game uh, at the at the shooting display the shoot the three point three points three-pointer contest i mean what he was able to do with that last night was phenomenal. Like, he he needed to pass Mike Conley, and he was getting hot. He started off slow, but he got hot and got hot. He hit the money ball. He was incredible. It's the greatest three-point shooting display that I have seen in a long— Steph Curry this year has put doubters to rest on two occasions. One was the 62-point game he had against Portland— and the other one was last night. I mean, he the three-point three-point contest was incredible. And Steph having 28, I mean, hitting from nearly half court and it, it was phenomenal. And as far as LeBron and Steph go, now I know from a report Brian Windhorst said that LeBron is not jealous of Steph cuz LeBron doesn't get jealous of anyone. I mean, he's has he has a great life already. He's not going to be jealous of anybody. But he does feel a little sense of resentment towards the fact that Steph was all was a unanimous MVP and he was put on a pedestal much earlier than LeBron was earlier in his career. But deep down, throwing the competitive things aside, like in between with considering the fact that they were rivals that how they met in the finals four straight appearances lebron deep down has great respect for steph and because he knows that there was another guy in this generation that revolutionized the game like himself and that was steph i mean steph curry like lebron has revolutionized the game we've never seen this this three, this league being a three-point shooting league like this, I mean, it, it was incredible what Steph has been able to do by just hit by and LeBron. And this is one of the reasons why LeBron took Steph in the All Star game because he's never played with Steph before. He never has, and now that they were together, and now that they were doing some good thing, now that they had, it was music to my ears watching them play together. I mean, they, they deep down have always had respect for one another. And, and LeBron, last night on his Twitter, he, this was the ultimate respect thing LeBron showed to Steph. LeBron said on, on Twitter, quote, finally got to share the floor with Steph. Well overdue and I loved every second. Now the hashtags really comes to show how much respect LeBron has because remember, both of them are Ohio kids. Both of them were born at the same hospital. And they're just two kids from Ohio. So two guys from Ohio. And and Steph, if he would have gone to say UCLA or North Carolina or Duke or Kansas or whatever, he would have been the number one pick in the draft. No question about it. And these were the hashtags LeBron gave in his tweet in his Twitter last night. He said it's quote, hashtag greatest shooter of all time. Hashtag changed the way, no, ch- hashtag changed how the game is played by himself alone. Hashtag respect beyond words. Hashtag just some kids born in Akron. I mean, they have deep respect for each other. And as a fan rooting against Steph, against LeBron, like in in the finals and I mean, as a fan, as a competitor, I mean, I, I couldn't stand him. And I know that there, there were certain times where they did clash in the finals. And I can recall, like, game six of the 2016 finals, how LeBron blocked Steph's shot. And he, and he was like, get that out of there. But when push comes to shove, when deep down, LeBron game recognizes game. They both recognized each other. They both, re- they both recognized each other's greatness. Because Steph is revolutionary. There's been nobody else like him. And he is going to break Ray Allen's all-time three-point record. I don't know how far he is from Reggie Miller. But still, what Steph has been able to do throughout his career has been untouched. It's incredible. Steph is by far the greatest shooter this game has ever seen. There's going to be nobody else like Steph. Steph and LeBron are very irreplaceable. OK, there's nobody else going to be there's not you can't be the next LeBron. I mean, the closest thing I consider somewhat to LeBron in this day and age is Luca. But even he, I don't think will be will have that impact LeBron had. It's just like how there'll be and there'll never be another Steph Curry. I'm sure there's another player out there in high school or college, whatever that can shoot that could shoot the absolute lights out of the ball. But is he ever going to be better than Steph? Is he ever going to have the impact on the game better than Steph Curry? No, because the game has changed forever. Before that, it was, a th- it was a big man's league. You needed a big to win a title, and Steph changed all that. Now it's a three-point league. You need three-point shooters. And think about this about LeBron is that he needed, other than last year, he's always had shooters around him with the heat he had Shane Battier and Ray Allen and Mike Miller and with the cavs he had JR and and those and those guys but now he has and but now this was the first time like in a long time he's surrounded by a great shooter and game recognizes game now before i move on to this next topic just imagine this just imagine lebron on the Warriors instead of Kevin Durant. <laughs> if LeBron had those that those shooters on that team, he might have more than four rings. I'm just saying. Okay, now I'm gonna now before the All-Star game, there was uh breaking news yesterday that that Blake Griffin, according to Shamshrania and Woj and multiple sources has has bought out his contract from the Detroit Pistons, and is now officially a Brooklyn Net. So my thoughts on this are, okay, non-biased, taking off my fandom for the team everyone knows I root for. I'll just say this in all objectivity. I think Blake Griffin makes the Nets a little better. Not a whole lot better, because... He isn't the Lob City Blake Griffin how he used to be. But he is makes them a little bit better. They don't need the Nets don't need another 20, 30 point per game score. They already have, they already have that that three-headed offensive monster. They just needed more bench help. And Blake Griffin can still get you like 12 and 7. I mean, he. If you're expecting Lob City, no, you're not going to expect that. Blake Griffin's a fit, unfortunately been dogged by injuries that have plagued his career with the his last couple years with the Pistons and with the Clippers. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. I, 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 as a Laker fan, I like Lob City. They were fun to watch. I mean, they they were really fun. Did I root for him over the Lakers? No, I didn't. But I never did. But. I did respect. I did like Lob City. They were fun, and I'll say this: during the twenty fourteen season, where the whole Donald Sterling scandal, I'll admit, I kind of did root for them to, to go far in the playoffs. But that was that's that was me when I was little. But obviously, I wouldn't root root for them over the Lakers. But, anyways, CP three and Blake were fun to watch. But the point was, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. I mean, they were, they were. They, they they clashed on who the number one guy was. They did clash and, on who the guy was, and unfortunately, they had to send one of them out, and that was Chris Paul. Blake was never really the same after that. He had the one good year in Detroit, but since then, he's been plagued by injuries. And th- these are stats I have for Blake Griffin. He, he, here, it, here are the stats I have for him. Uh, the I'm gonna pull up these stats I have on Blake Griffin. So Blake Griffin this season, 31.3 minutes per game, 12.3 points per game. That's a career low. 36.5 field goal percentage per game. That's second worst in the NBA. 31.5 three point percentage. That's second worst in the NBA. I used to think that was okay, but now in this day and age, it's not. Is it is pretty bad. And he hasn't dunked since twenty nineteen. Okay, I get all these things. He's not what he used to be, not the Lob City Blake, and not the first year at the Pistons Blake. But I still think he could be a somewhat of a good fit to this team, in the sense that he is going to get you twelve and seven. They just need, they don't need that. They just need another score and rebounder. And see, the I think he can still defend. I think he can hit threes like when he's wide open. He can still s- spread the floor. But people are overhyping this. Like as far as as the next great thing, the Nets have, and this is a lock to win the title. No. No, I I no. No. I mean, I'm not going to just no. I, I I they're not, because they still need another big, in all honesty. They're trying to get Drummond or Whiteside. They're doing what the Lakers are trying to do. They're trying to get Drummond or Whiteside. Blake Griffin, I don't think he he's a nice pick. I think he's a good pickup. But they need an enforcer. They need another big man, another big body for the Nets. DeAndre Jordan, his like Blake Griffin, has has seen better days with the Clippers. But in general, they need another big. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. And the Lakers are trying to do that too. Now clearly there's been a lot of teams and speculations that both teams. And our multiple teams actually are in pursuit of Andre Drummond, and on the other hand, the Lakers are in pursuit of either Drummond or Hassan Whiteside. So the Lakers need to get another big because Marcus All he he isn't panning out in Laker Nation. So, um, they the both teams are. It's going to be on who, which big man, and which rim protection the Lakers and that can get. And we'll see how Blake Griffin fits. He's probably going to come off the bench, and he is going to maybe take over Jeff Green's minutes, maybe share the rock. I don't know. At this point, I think Blake Griffin really just wanted to go to a team where he has the best chance to win the title, and he saw it with the Brooklyn Nets. That's what it was. And 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 I I and he wants to win. I'll give him that, but. If the Lakers get Drummond or Whiteside, I'll be very happy with it. And I'll just say this on a quick rant before I move on to my final segment, which is an NFL topic. I'm just going to rant about this real quick. So if LeBron, if the Lakers got Blake Griffin, which I thought they were, which reports were they were in the running of it, but I don't know if Rob Planka necessarily made an offer. But anyways, say if the Lakers got Blake Griffin, people would say, oh, LeBron needed too much help. LeBron needed this. LeBron needs everybody. He needs AD. He needs Trez. He needs Schroeder. Now he needs Blake Griffin. But on the net side, people are jubilant. People are happy about it. People are saying, oh, LeBron is dust. That's So the it just shows to, comes to show Kevin Durant needs a lot of help. He needs Harden. He needs Kyrie. And he needs what's left of Blake Griffin just to beat LeBron, a 36-year-old. And that's that's sad actually. That Kevin Durant just can't do this by himself on a level playing field. He needs all these guys. That's all I'm going to say. That people are going to cheer and say that, but if the opposite were to have happened, people would roast LeBron and they would roast me for taking for signing Blake Griffin. But on the other hand, They give the Nets a willy-dilly pass because people think that's the team to beat LeBron and the Lakers. All this just to lose to LeBron. Great job, Nets. Way to go. You're in the suite. You've gathered all these guys up just to lose to the Lakers. Congratulations. Congratulations on that one. Unbelievable. You you signed Blake. You signed. You got Kyrie, Harden, Durant just to beat LeBron, the Lakers. All that. I don't know what to say about that. That that was, that's... Okay. So now, moving on. Uh, the final segment of the day. So there was a report, according to John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, not the yippee ki John McClain, that everyone knows that was my favorite action movie ever, which was Die Hard. But according, but this is the reporter John McClain, for the Houston Texans. So I'm reading on Pro Football Talk right now. Uh, John McClain suggested that the that the Texans should accept reality and trade Deshaun Watson. And McClain argues that the Texans should approach the Cardinals. About a Ken Stabler, Dan Pastorini style quarterback swap, so they're saying they're suggesting trade Deha- Deshaun Watson for Kyler Murray. I think that personally, I, if I were the, I would, if I were Deshaun Watson, I'd do everything I can to get out of Houston because of the reports I've read, it was bad. It's the dumpster fire of an organization. And clearly, uh, J.J. Watt said in an interview, he wants Deshaun to be happy. Why not reunite the Texans in Arizona? I think that'd be a very good fit. Deshaun Watson, you plug him in any style, whether it's Kyle Shanahan or Cliff Kingsbury, he's the kind of quarterback that would fit in like glue in any system. He would be great in anywhere he goes. And him and D-Hop and Kirk and Fitzgerald... And they would all work out just fine together. They 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 would be great together. Now, obviously, is Kyler better than Deshaun? No, I'm no one, no GM, and no NFL fan with the brain would say that Kyler Murray is better than Deshaun Watson. But Kyler, if there's a quarterback that you would expect accept the trade of to trade for to, to trade to trade Deshaun Watson to and get in return, Kyler would be a very good option. Kyler a, is a, is clearly has a lot to be desired as far as accuracy goes, but when he's scrambling in and out of the pocket, when he's running the football, when, he, when, he's, when he's accurate, he's a very dangerous quarterback. I think he would be a very good fit with the Texans in that regard. I mean, he, and also from a Texas standpoint, he grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth, which is not so far from Houston. So I think this would be a very good fit um, for the Houston Texans and for the Cardinals itself. I mean, you get one of the, probably one of the top five to seven quarterbacks in the league in Deshaun. This would be great, and if I think that it, it but the Houston Texans are going to be a lot going to ask to be a lot in return because if I were a GM, this is what I would do. Okay. If I because Deshaun, everyone knows he wants out of Houston. I would trade Deshaun to the Cardinals. We get Kyler Murray. That's a great replacement. And then I would ask for two first round at least two first round picks, one second round pick, and Chandler and Chandler Jones and Buda Baker. I mean, look, the Houston Texans last year, I mean, as great as Deshaun Watson was. He was burdened, unfortunately, by the worst defense in the league last year, the Houston Texans. They were awful. And JJ Watt, I I was out of town last week, so I'll mention this. JJ Watt, I think, did went to Arizona because of the cash grab and to reunite with his with Vance Joseph and to reunite with D Hop, and I think maybe it was just for the cash grab. I think. And I think he still will be a very good fit to this team, don't get me wrong. I think he can still play, not at the level he used to, but he'll still be a good, a good. he'll be a nice player to the Cardinals. So the Cardinals will be better defensively. Actually, no, keep Chandler Jones, but I would trade... If I were the Texans, I would trade Deshaun for Kyler, two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and Buda Baker. you got to get better defensively. And Buda Baker was a nice safety. He was a nice secondary player for the Arizona Cardinals. So, in my opinion, that's what I would do. I, I, from Arizona's perspective, they could give up Murray. And remember, Kyler has three more years left on his rookie deal. That's around $10 million. And I, I think that... and let's just say this, this will be like the Texans all migrated to the Cardinals. John McClain opened this up, according to the Pro Football Talk, I'm saying that he hasn't considered a Kyler for Deshaun until J.J. Watt joined the Cardinals. So now that J.J.'s on the Cardinals, now that D-Hop is on the Cardinals, that would be really funny if Deshaun's on the Cardinals. I think that you should call it the Houston Cardinal Texans, the Houston Texan Cardinals. <laughs> that 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 would be that would be the new nickname, I would say. So, I think this would be a very good fit for both teams. Ky- obviously, Kyler's not nearly the tr- the generational talent Deshaun Watson is, but I do think that he will be a good fit for the for the uh, Houston Texans, and. I think that this will work out in both, for both parties. Kyler Murray gets to reunite in his home state of Texas, and Sean gets to be happy and reunite with D-Hop and J.J. Watt. This will be a very good fit for both teams. In my opinion, I like this a lot. Okay, that concludes another edition of the Off the Dome podcast. I'll see you guys tomorrow, and have a good day, and go get them!